Hi, Compass, and welcome to the second episode of Comp Half Podcast. To pick up where we left up last time, um, Percy was attacked by his pre-algebra teacher, who had turned into a monster. And then he got gaslit by his entire class, his best friend and his teacher, into believing that she never existed. So today we're going to be talking about the second episode called Three Old Ladies Knit the Socks of Death. Percy is on the verge of a mental breakdown. No one at school remembers Mrs. Dodds. In fact, they think that they've had a completely different teacher the whole time. Um, he is haunted by nightmares of the monster, uh, which has caused his already bad grades to plummet to a new low. This, combined with him snapping at his English teacher, leads to him being expelled. Again, uh, Percy is sure Grover is hiding something, which is only confirmed when he overhears him speak with Mr. Brunner. What is the summer solstice deadline? Why is Grover treating him like he is dying after they saw three old ladies knitting giant socks? Well, hopefully we'll find some answers to those questions. Um, so to start off, no one remembers Mrs. Dodds. <laughs> no one. Um, it's actually getting so bad that he keeps like trying to surprise bring her up. And people are just looking at him like he's crazy. Oh, um, yeah. He, he's actually saying, I, I'm going to see if someone actually breaks and they reveal that she existed. It is only... he Like, he would believe this. He would fully believe that he was crazy if it wasn't because Grover always hesitates. Because he tries to... He wants to reveal that secret. Oh, maybe he's just... <laughs> maybe he just is hiding yeah well he's hiding something he clearly seems like he's hiding something anyway <laughs> Percy has nightmares about Mrs. Dodds um, which as we mentioned uh, caused him already to lower his grades he can't focus uh, it's only getting worse and obviously gets a bit snappy uh, and he ends up call calling an English teacher what does he call her? he calls him an old sot and he doesn't actually know what it means he just says it feels great <laughs> ah, this leads to another expulsion for our um serial student like school expulsion student i don't even know if that was right but you get it um yeah so yeah percy doesn't actually care too much about being expelled he is kind of homesick he wants to go see his mom um he's actually really excited about going home to see his mom however like as he like thinks on it, he kind of does think that he will miss things like his view from his window and he's going to miss Grover and he's actually really worried about what will happen to Grover while he's not there yeah. because he's an angel. <laughs> yeah, but what's amazing is that despite the expulsion pass, he doesn't want to um, uh, let Mr. Brunner down. So he still studies for, for that Latin exam. As the only one. <laughs> like that is the only exam he's like he studies for because he just don't want to be yeah he don't want to let him down yeah. um but, but as he's dyslexic it's just quite an impossible task for um, him he finds it quite hard especially with the names to get the names right because there's a lot of names that are like very similar to each other um it actually gets to the point where he's like should i give up but in eventually he decides to just you know go down like he he reaches his breaking point and he decides to go ask mr brunner for help in hopes that maybe he can like um give him some pointers or 
maybe just apologize in advance. Like if he fails, it wasn't because he didn't try. Um, exactly. But he finds out that Mr. Brunner already has company. Yeah, he um, overhears Mr. Brunner talking to Grover. Oh, lo and behold. Yeah, and <laughs> during that conversation, it actually reveals some, um, ac- accidentally reveals some information. First of all, that Mrs. Dodd actually existed. Yeah, well, liar, liar, pants on fire. Second of all, something did actually happen at the museum. Um, another thing that comes out, there's like a deadline. A deadline, which is the win- like the summer solstice. And he doesn't really understand what the summer solstice thing is about. Yeah. Why, what deadline? Then they talk about something called the mist. And they mention a kindly one. And uh, that Percy is in some kind of danger. Um, and then he overhears Grover saying that he can't fail his duties again. And um, we don't know what all of that means. What duties? <laughs> what is he talking about? This is a 12-year-old child. Yeah. And, and Mr. Brunner says, oh, you didn't fail. So he kind of tries tries to comfort him. Also, um, he's not 12-year-old because he's been held back a few times. But has yeah. he, though? Is this just something uh, Percy assumes? Yeah. To be fair, yeah, Percy is quite unreliable. We established that. <laughs> <laughs> Percy doesn't know what's going on. Percy doesn't know how old his best friend is. Maybe he's 13. Maybe. But um, basically, yeah, Mr. Brenner does say that he isn't failing and that he should have seen her for what he she was. What if that means? Whatever that means. Like, uh, Percy at this point is listening in on a conversation that seems quite private, but also very confusing. Yeah. Um, he, he drops his book. And then... Um, he realizes obviously that they've heard it because they stop speaking and then he sees a shadow which is much bigger than a person in a wheelchair just kind of like I know he mentioned something about like noises that he um, he hears he he doesn't really understand because it doesn't sound like footsteps and the shadow that he sees seems to be holding something like an archer's bow and there's also some sniffing noises noises and he is very confused but um, manages to pick up his book and run into the nearest room to hide Um, he does not get caught but he is very um, confused about what he has witnessed, what he has heard, and then when he eventually like returns to his room, yeah, Grover is there. That like nothing happened. Grover is <laughs> there. Um, like, sir. But yeah, I mean, the day after he takes the test, and after the test, he has an exchange with Brunner. Um, he basically tells him um, that maybe it's better for him that he leaves the Yancey, um and that he's not normal. And that makes uh, Percy feel really humiliated because he says that in front of the whole class. And it's also because Mr. Brunner is actually someone Percy looks up to. Exactly. It's actually quite brutal. And and like he tries to spin it around. He tries to like making it a good thing saying, oh, it is a good thing. But also a, a child is not going to understand that. Percy has low self-esteem. He will, yeah. I guess we establish Percy is like it has a bit of an imposter syndrome. He doesn't yeah. really know his own like abilities very well and like i think he's already self-conscious about his dyslexia and his adhd so someone telling him this couldn't he say you're special you're exceptional yeah (laughs) you're special makes it sound negative um but he said you're not normal that's even worse so (laughs) oh my god (laughs) poor percy um but yeah it's just um Percy is ready to leave school at this point. Like, yeah. that was the final nail in his coffin. Um, 
And what he does try to say goodbye to Grover, but thankfully, it he turns doesn't out, have to. No, Grover is coming with. Well, yeah. like he's going into the city anyway. Uh, they're, go- they're both going to into the city and they take a bus together. And basically, Grover is acting super sus. Like he is looking around every corner, out every window. So Percy, who has actually been quite like annoyed with Grover after that conversation he overheard because mostly because I mean I guess he doesn't want to admit that he overheard it but at the same time yeah. he feels like he is being lied to um, but yeah. he basically sees this behavior and kind of snaps and is like looking for a kindly one be yeah. well aware that he has no idea what kindly <laughs> one is but he just pretends he does uh, but then Grover tells Percy that he was trying to protect him um, while Percy reveals that he overheard a conversation, but he tells him, oh, I was trying to protect you, gives him, like, his address, which Percy thinks, oh, this is his summer address where he's going to stay at his Um, mansion or something. Basically, the card says um, Half-Blood Hill. Is it Half-Blood Hill? It says Half-Blood Hill in it, um, and he tries to say it out loud, and Grover immediately tells him to be quiet. Which is also super sus. But but that's that's when Percy is like, oh, because he's one of the rich kids. Exactly. Yeah. Percy is actually quite like, oh, Percy has a holiday home. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. God forbid a child has hobbies. Like, <laughs> or is well into like, um, I don't even remember what it's called. Estate. Estate. Oh, yeah. God forbid that, that a child has several estates. It's not the child's though. It would be... No parents. Percy Percy takes it as Grover. He takes it quite personally. Um, But basically, the bus breaks down. Yeah, exactly. um, At the perfect time, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think it is. I mean, we have kind of like resolved whatever anger this between them. Um, The fun fact is that like Percy is wondering what Grover means when he says he's been protecting him. Yeah. Because Percy's like, I've been protecting you. Exactly, because you were getting bullied and I was I was there to fight for you. I was there throwing Nancy Bubba Fair in the fountain and and you're there protecting me. Yeah. I don't think so. Nevertheless, they go out of the bus because it's way too hot to stay on it. And um there's like a little um fruit stand. There's a fruit stand like across several lanes of traffic and it's like super hot. And Percy noticed um three ladies sitting there knitting um what he describes as the biggest pair of socks that he's ever seen he um he does not understand what is going on but he is watching them and as he does so one of them is watching him and she snaps like she reaches up and cuts the yarn um and that's when Grover actually notices them. Yeah. And, and he's trying to, like, reassure himself, being like, they're not looking at Percy. They're, they're not certainly looking at Percy. Not looking at but Percy. Percy is like, yeah, they are. <laughs> so Grover tries to get him back on the bus, uh, which he doesn't want to go Percy doesn't want to go back on the bus yeah. because it's really hot. And he's like, yeah, I don't think so. But But Grover is being really insistent that they should. But that's when the bus gets fixed. So the driver's like, yeah. go back on the bus. But he keeps like, what Percy really knows is that he sees them and she keeps cutting the yarn and he can yeah. actually hear it. Yeah. Even if it's like far away, he can hear them cut the yarn. Yeah. And um, and he gets quite like, even he feels like a bit weirded out by it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the bus gets fixed and they're like, Grover's like hauling them back on the bus. um, And well... 
he yep. feels sick. Percy feels really sick, actually. He feels feverish. And um, Grover actually looks sick, too. Um, so once they actually get to the city, Grover's, like, insistent that um, he lets Percy lets him um, go home with him. Um, the thing is, like, it's like Percy, I think, is quite even, like, kind of terrified just because... Grover is like Grover yeah. is terrified by these ladies I mean Percy doesn't and, know what's going on so. and Percy asks like what Grover is hiding this time like like this time I really like that he's way more direct now like he's like he knows yeah. there's something that's not being told and he's like what is what are you hiding and and Grover is asking what did they look like to you yeah um, yeah, yeah and and then Percy says are they like Mrs. Dodds but even as he says that, like Grover's whole like reaction makes him believe that they're actually something worse. Yeah, and then he asks um, them what actually he saw them doing. And he says, Well, I saw them cut the yarn. Um and you know, this is like um Grover then does something, a gesture. I like always a, wonder what it like oh, what it, exactly does it look like. He know. does a gesture. It's like a claw. We don't know for free. now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, we will I'm soon find out. No, why are you apologizing? <laughs> it's so fine. Because I was actually, I keep forgetting that we actually get told what it looks like eventually, but oh, we're not getting told. Okay. No, but it's so fine because I was like, I, I every time I read this, even if I know now, I'm still like, what, what it looks like. Like I, I have a picture in my head what it looks like. So I always imagined them doing that, but I feel like I might be really wrong. Well, <laughs> I if it was what you described, I don't think you are because he does, yeah. I think it's like in the next chapter. So okay. Um, <laughs> but oh, well. basically he does a gesture to get back on track. Um, he does a gesture that is so ancient that Percy actually feels the severity of it. Um, and it actually like freaks him out a bit because he feels that this is actually way more serious than he thought. But also Grover is like, oh, I don't want it to be like last time. It's always sixth grade. They're never getting like, it's always sixth grade when that happens, whatever. And Percy is really getting scared at this point. Exactly. Because he doesn't understand what he, yeah. like he doesn't understand what exactly Grover thinks is happening. Yeah. Like he, he just feels it instinctually, like something is wrong, but Grover is like, like Grover like clearly knows something and Percy at this point has established that Grover knows something that he doesn't which is why he looks yeah. to him and the fact that Grover is reacting like this and obviously something bad and potentially worse. something bad that's gonna happen to Percy yeah and then I mean they make their way back into the city and um, yeah he promises Grover that he'll uh, wait for him so he can walk him home but then yeah not good um, to look at like with this that's basically yeah the chapter um to look at like the myth that's involved oh, i think yeah. you are yeah. very well versed but if you have watched disney's hercules you will probably be a bit familiar with this um yeah so basically what we have here is uh moirai which is uh three fates basically in english uh personification of destiny so there are three sisters clotho who's the spinner uh, then Lacases? La I never know how to read those names. The names are incredibly, incredibly difficult. So take this yes. with a grain of salt. Um, So she's the Alotta, basically. And then Atropos, who is the, well, the in, 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 
Innovator? Innovator. No, she's not. She's invincible. She's like... I don't know how to read that word. Inevitable. Yes, there you go. A a metaphor of death. Yeah, she's the metaphor of death. And it's funny because their rule is to ensure that basically um, every being, mortal and divine, uh, fulfills their destiny. So basically, um, yeah, lives out their life um, assigned, like to the destiny that was assigned to it, basically. Uh, but there are some um, variations of it when they, they are actually commanded by Zeus. So, e- like in some variations, they control everyone's destiny and kind of make sure that they're on track. But in some of them, Zeus has control over other people's destiny. I think I prefer that he's not in control. Yeah, me too. Because that feels yeah. like that gives them way too much power. But I feel like in the world of Percy Jackson, Zeus doesn't have control. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think it does in Disney's Hercules either. Just saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you will... Like the whole snapping of the yarn, anyone will recognize that from yeah. the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Um, when it turns golden and it becomes a god. <laughs> it's quite a, quite a symbol though, the snapping of the yard and the yarn and three fates just in our culture. Yeah, and does it, what yeah. does it mean? Does it mean Percy is dying? I sure hope not. Uh, well, I sure hope not. Anything can happen. Um, to kind of like, I mean, this like this um, this chapter, we didn't really get introduced to any characters, so we actually have yeah. no character highlights. But I need to tell you about my favorite moment. Okay. Yeah. That it's, is. It's so fair. I think we have the same. Hold on. You think so? I think so. I know oh, us both. Not here. Hold on. I know us both. So basically. Mm-hmm. Um. Where do we hit on? Um, oh, yeah. So th- th- there's this conversation between Grover and Percy when um, Grover realizes Percy sees the fate and he's like, Tell me they're not looking at you. They are, aren't they? And then Percy goes, Yeah, weird, huh? You think those socks will fit me? <laughs> That's such a Percy comment. I love it. And then obviously Grover goes, not funny, Percy, not funny at all. <laughs> and then that's when they take out a huge pair of scissors, gold and silver, long bladed like shears. And I heard Grover catch his breath. That's the thing. That is my favorite moment yeah. as well. But it is actually like way further down. My first one oh, okay. is when Percy just want to do his best. <laughs> like... I have pink stickers in mind for when things are made me emotional and I the oh. amount of them is just like Percy tried his best. And then like <laughs> every time I'm like, You're so right, he did. Um but then I also am just like when he says he will be fine because he's just going home to his mom. Yeah. I'm like I, I love that like that is just like I feel like that just kind of like we have not been introduced to his mom yet, but I think it's like really establishing that this is his safe space. And yeah. I think a character like a character like Percy who has this many problems really needs a safe space. He does. Um and then my last favorite moment is the Greek gesture that we oh, haven't is it? Okay. that again we don't know what means. But but, but it's just like but it's just like the fact that like Percy notes it and knows it's an ancient Greek ge- gesture. Yeah, how does he and know? And he just feels it. Who knows? And he just feels the severity of it. Um, and I think that is just an, like an interesting moment. It's like quite foreshadowing. It is. Um, yeah. And what do you do? You have a, like a quote that you think defines the chapter? Um, so I think 
again, I don't have a specific quote. I have a conversation between uh, Grover and Bruna. Uh-huh. When we learn all those things, like Grover knows something, um, something indeed happened at the museum, deadlines established, so that actually gives us like a hint that we will have a deadline as a, as a reader, that something is going to happen. That is very you know? true. Like you have a sense of urgency and, se- and a sense of like tension because of that conversation. So Especially that's really we, good. Because we know they've just been let out of school. Exactly. Oh, and there's a deadline. It's super stressful. The, yeah. the, winter, the summer solstice is on the 21st of June, right? Producer Mel. Producer Mel. Can you check that first? <laughs> Fact in, check. In the meantime, <laughs> when the producer meantime. Mel was checking, I'm, I'm just going to say that, um, yeah, uh, Bruno literally says, now let's just worry about keeping Percy alive until next fall. That's literally what he <laughs> that says. That is just also, like, I, I can't believe that, like, Percy held it together. Producer Mel has confirmed it is the 21st it's of 20th, June. Actually. It's <gasps> the 20th of June. Yeah. Well, the longest day of the year is the 21st. So. Okay, so it's I mean, maybe, actually, that. I think maybe that's also varying, but I don't know. Um, my point is, I, I think, like, I can't believe that Percy, like, held it in for so long. <laughs> like what he had heard like i understand he doesn't understand but at the same time i'm like my best friend was talking with a teacher i was like like, i'm worried for him he's gonna die i would be like (laughs) he didn't say he's gonna die we need to keep him alive yeah but that is so so ominous until june the 20th although knowing percy he might think that summer solstice is like in 20 years yeah or like yeah in august um but my like i would say like my favorite quote happens like to like in the end like literally when percy is trying to understand well it's not my favorite quote it's just the quote i think that actually defines the chapter and um i it's it happens when percy has kind of like is trying to understand what is going on because um yeah, he doesn't understand, but he understands that Grover is freaking out. So basically, um, yeah, he promises Grover he can run, he can walk him home from the station, and then he goes, "Is this like a superstition or something?" Um, because why is Grover like walking him home? And then he goes, "Grover, that snipping of the yarn does that mean someone is going to die?" And then he just says, he looks at me mournfully, like he was already picking the kind of flowers I like best on my coffin. <laughs> I love that moment. I know, but I mean, I'm like, Jesus, this child. Like, I mean, either, like, if you're looking from Percy's point of view, either Grover is like a drama queen. Yeah. Like an absolute drama queen, just freaking out of free old ladies. Or, like, this is actually serious. And, like, also, these are the last words of the chapter. So, that's it, what it we is. End on. Um, we are ending on it because Mr. D has called for meetings. Um, he would like all camp counselors to talk about the behavior of our cabins. And I would just like to say the Apollo cabin, amazing. We're having dance parties every night. Um, yeah, it, it's their fault, basically. Okay, well, see you I'm, next time. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> are you saying we're disturbing you're the, peace? You're the naughty ones. I think we're great. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening.